Welcome to Discover Joyous Love with Anita DeFrancesco as your host. This is a hybrid of topics under the subjects of mindfulness, sexuality, and relationships. Hello, everyone. This is episode 29. And today I have a very, very special guest with me, Dr. Susan Kay, who is the author of her new book, Am I Normal If? Now, before we get into talking to Dr. Susan Kay, I'd like to just give you a little bit of background on who she is. First of all, she is a sexologist and the founder of Integrative Mind Body Therapies, LLC. She has a Facebook group um, and she, she can be found in many different places on the internet and we'll, she'll give us that information when we get to the end of the interview. But um, she is a very interesting person and has found the compassion, love and joy in this work of Integrative Body Mind Therapies, LLC. Her book, uh, Am I Normal If? What a terrific title. Hello, Dr. K, how are you? Hi, Anita. I just love listening to you talk. You're, you're really good <laughs> <important> stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, I've known you so long and you've come uh, such a long way. Is this your first book, may I ask, or your second? Is it? Uh, well, my first book was my dissertation. And uh, at that time, I said, I'm never writing another book. Well, here I am. But yeah, dissertations well, like writing a book. <laughs> well, Dr. K hails out of Philadelphia, Texas in the Austin area and also Los Angeles, but you're spending most of your time in Texas, correct? Right. Yeah. Yep. I've landed here. Yeah, so we, we have roots together, Dr. K and yeah, I, from, from, <laughs> from Pennsylvania, um, Pottstown or wherever it is. <laughs> yeah, that's where I grew up with the Amish. <laughs> uh, wow, so you've come such a long way. So tell me, you know, what inspired you to write this book and you've been writing it a while or let's start just what, what inspired you and what's the book about? Yeah, so what inspired me is the title because that's what I hear in my office all day. And even at having professorships, you know, people want to know, well, what's normal, you know, inside of because the topic that I'm teaching generally is sexuality. And there's a whole lot of uh, misunderstandings or judgments about what's normal inside uh, our sexual lives. And, and I said, well, what if we just take a look at what's natural for you? Because normal is this neat box that people wanna put us in and the box changes. Like it changes with fashion, it changes with politicians, you know, it changes with music, like what's mm. the latest song or latest movie star, we wanna have her eyebrows or we wanna dress like this person. You know, it, being fit, feeling that you fit in is underneath it. And as you know, working with, with clients and people who come in with their, their um, childhood trauma still intact and running the show and they feel like they don't fit in because they're not quote normal. So before, let's go back to, <clears throat> tell me more about the book. Before we go into the book a little more, what do you do that, that your work revolves around this title in this book? So you, you work with a client base um, struggling with living life from the neck down. Let's talk about that, your, what you do actually. And the book, 
is for anyone or for a specific clientele. So let's go there right now. Yeah, no, I think the book is for everyone. I think everyone can identify with feeling uh, out of place or not quite in with the crowd or how do I dress to fit in or how do I, my orientation is different. So am I gonna be accepted? I think everyone struggles with some level of, am I normal? Um, and what my work is, is when, when we do their intakes, you know, you go back to those earliest memories because when we're zero to five, maybe even in uterine, we are gathering information through our senses. You know, we're like little computers, like with a download going on through our senses. <clears throat> and that's how we read and, and register our world. And that's those, those early memories get cemented in our, our uh, physiology and especially around touch, you know, what people suffer and struggle with around either the lack of touch or abusive touch, hurtful touch. You know, touch is such a huge component of our early development. And that carries, I can, I can trace um, a 55 year old virgin sitting in front of me. I can trace their story from their like early first five years to this virgin sitting in front of me. Interesting. So it's a challenging, um, it's challenging to work in a sense. Well, a you know, Nita, it's for me now it's not because, you know, I just took each client as they came in the door. That's why I didn't get registered or licensed with a, uh, you know, a, um, PH, well, I have a PhD, but some of the licensing boards, you have to have certain uh, accreditations. And I didn't go for licensing. I'm a sexologist because I didn't want a board or an organization or the DSM telling me how to run my practice. And so each person that comes into me, I see them in their own unique you with you, and I'm not trying to label them or categorize them or put them in some kind of normal box, you know? Right. And, and so for me, I wasn't up against uh, having to write up notes that please a board or, you know, that please uh, other practitioners other than myself. And so I created my own intake and I know what I'm looking for. And, you know, I just feel it's something I came in with uh, I chose for this life, uh, this, this time around, and I feel grateful to be able to have done what I came here to do because I was ahead of the times. So I, I started this back in the 80s, putting hands on people and helping them to get in touch with a healthy you with you. So the people that um, um, have dormant sensitivity in their body have never had pro probably touch growing up or, you know very unaffectionate parents, or maybe there was abuse in the family and they, and they, they uh, came out frozen. So that created a lot of armor in their bodies. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a general massage just doesn't do it. Right. And, you and know, talking and I, about it, certainly sitting across the desk and talking about it for 10 years doesn't do it either. Right. And now you said you had some early training at Esalen Massage in, uh, yeah. in Northern California. And uh, it's, it, um, 
what was what was that all about? You know, talk about that. Wh- why you did the work and where you um, you know, how that relates to where you are. And, um, yeah, boy, thank you for um, the history here because I think it is interesting to see how it has evolved because it has evolved um, where we are today, where, where you say integrate a medicine and people know what that means. Like we're integrating uh, all the body parts or we're integrating maybe some chemical medications, but then we're also utilizing nutrition and uh, exercise and maybe some homeopathy, you know, the integration. And I saw this coming um, back in, well, I started in the seventies, actually. And started, I went and studied with the seven day Adventists. They were my first uh, real introduction. I found out they were vegetarians and even back in 1969, wow. I started looking for vegetarian uh, lifestyle. And some friends of mine said, well, the Adventists, our friends up the street, they're, they're vegetarian. So I said, can I come to your church? <laughs> and so I went to UG Pines and I studied, um, I, I lived there for a month and I studied charcoal therapy, which we see now today. I studied vegetarian diet and helped work in the gardens. I mean, it was, it was really an experience. And I learned hydrotherapy, which, you know, some of these ancient wisdom are coming back and charcoal therapy my 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 uh, family thought I was they were going to take my kids away from me I was have uh, had home births and I was I was giving them charcoal water for tummy aches and <laughs> wow but now you today did a lot of stuff you did a lot early on <laughs> we take these things for granted but I just knew it and I had to st- I made everything my kids ate everything it was from a garden or I belonged to this community and we would go to the Pennsylvania Dutch uh, farmers and we'd buy you know baskets of watermelons and cantaloupes and we'd bring them home one of the members of the church had a, a dehydrator and we dehydrated the watermelon and the cantaloupe made candy for the oh, kids wow yeah. So, I mean, it's just always been here for me. And like I said, I just feel so grateful to have been able to do this piece of me that I really believe I, I came in with because I didn't get it from family. <laughs> I didn't get it from any any of my teachings in school. But at a very young age, I was committed to understand my body and the bodies of others. And that just led me. To be so here, I don't know if I answered your question, we kind yeah, of yeah. So your therapies bridge the you bridge the trainings that are are to bridge the therapy process between talk pros and touch pros to bring a comprehensive wrap uh, to clients, and that's basically what your your goal is is to bring that to bridge that gap there for people who may not who may have these specific um, you know challenges or 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 whatever that is that they might have. They, you know, as you say, am I normal if? So how do you get around that? You're bridging this, this, this whole, um, that's what you talk about here in a, in a question. I haven't read any of the book yet. So I, I really can't ask you questions about the book, but tell me about the bridging of the therapy. Well, uh, that came about uh, from 
1985, I started working at the Wayne Counseling Center, which I still hold an office there in King of Prussia, Valley Forge area. And Dr. Bill Staten and Carol Nettleton were progressive therapists. They were sex therapists, they are sex therapists. And um, Barbara Brennan's book, Hands of Light had come out and the, the kind of the community was buzzing with what she wrote as a nurse working with patients and seeing that you can't just treat them with you know external kind of medication stuff or you have to touch people and there is something that gets exchanged uh, she calls it the light of of connection or you know what you feel when there is that special moment maybe you catch somebody look them in the eye and there's a place that you go that we can't explain and there's a place that our hands can take us that we can't explain. And I didn't really know what I was doing. I was like, I knew it was right. And I didn't understand energy like we do now. Like I'm saying, this was the seventies and the eighties. I'll tell you one story, quick story that I tell everybody that, that convinced me we were on the right road. This woman came in, she was like in her mid thirties. She had lived with chronic neck and shoulder pain her whole life. And the docs gave up on her. Now, I don't know what doctors were doing back then. They weren't, they didn't like chiropractors. They, you know, weren't doing any kind of manipulation or massage work, or uh, I don't know if they put her in traction or what they did with her, but they said, um, we can't find anything wrong with you. It's in your head, go see a therapist. So she came in and Dr. Carroll did an intake and she said, you need to, have a session with Susan. So at that time I was down the hall, we were all under one roof, right? And uh, what we still are, we have body work practitioners at the Wayne office still today. There's 26 therapists there. Wow, that has grown, huh? I know, I know. And I still hold an office there when I come home, I have a space that I share with Michelle Angelo, uh, Dr. Angelo, who uh, has been with me since the beginning, practically too. Mm. Anyway, so she came in and fully clothed. I had her just lay down, face down on the massage table so I could get to her neck and shoulders and my hands. I just, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. My hands would take me somewhere or I'd feel heat or I'd feel coolness. And and I'll tell you, she wasn't on the table, I don't think 15 minutes, 10, 12 minutes. I was led up to place my hands on her neck and shoulders. And and that's what I did. I just stood there with my, my hands on her and giving her body permission to let go or to tell us what's going on. She started to raise her arms up overhead, sobbing, having memory of being strung up in a barn as a child. Mm, mm, mm. So yes, then, and we embody this whole memory for years. Right? We do. And and so then she went, so she went to work with Dr. Dr. Carroll and cleared the childhood trauma and continued to work with me for getting her back in her body. And that's how it all started. Like then when I got my doctorate in 2000, um, I started to train people to do what I did. And that's why we have like nine teams around the country now of integrative therapists who do all variations. Uh, I mean, I knew this work wasn't going away. You barely had a massage therapist around in early 2000, right? And right. Reiki was coming in and, uh, reflexology and 
yoga and all that stuff. Right. Everything was coming in. And now look at it. I knew it wasn't going away, but I had no idea it would be to this extent of growth. I mean, it's great. And the whole industry was changed um, as far as medical um, information or, you know, they, they see the value. They're, they're jumping on the bandwagon, but that therapy uh, has changed so much now because there's, there's so many modalities and therapists are seeing it that because clients are asking for it. Clients are pushing the industry because they hear about it and it makes sense. And, and it's the future. I've been saying it since the 1980s. <laughs> right. Well, you're ahead of your time with this and, <laughs> and, you know, I'm glad you put this book out. I mean, this, this whole topic is emotional. It feels very emotional to me. I mean, I'm uh-huh. a healer and a psychotherapist and everything, well, when yeah. I was a little girl and I had rheumatic fever and I was in a wheelchair and, and uh, my body had swollen joints because of rheumatic fever and there was no touch then, you know, like they put us, you know, they gave us medicine, they put us in the bed. But when I grew up and I went out into the world, I, it was only in the maybe seventies and I found a massage therapist in Philadelphia at a uh-huh. chiropractor's office. And I really... And that's what made me go into the whole new age healing, you know, psychotherapy. Is that right? I don't know this piece. You don't know know this piece. Well, when I was in Children's Heart, Children's Heart Hospital up on Conshohocken Avenue in Philly was a hospital, which is owned by Jefferson now, but for rheumatic fever patients and asthmatic patients. And I was in there in a wheelchair for six months. That's why I'm so like, I run around so much. I got, I can't sit still because being in a wheelchair and confined to a wheelchair for six months yeah. at the age of nine, you grow up and you never want to sit again. You know, that's probably why I have so much energy to do things, but yeah. that part of me, I wanted touch. So when I went out into grew up, I found the massage therapist in the 1970s in Philly. And I said, oh my God, my joints need a touch because when you have rheumatic fever, your joints get swollen. So mm. it was like a taboo to be touched. No one can touch right. you in the hospital. Right. Regardless of the touch, wear the touch, whatever, just touch. And that was the beginning of me learning about the memory in the body. How about that? Wow. And so this is like, it, it's a very emotional topic because even working like a lot of your patients are, I know, disabled in different ways, <clears throat> mental or physical, you know, the disability, we all have the disability. We yeah. all have some form of disability or some frozenness about us. Mm-hmm. And touch is just so important. No matter what way you look at it, I love to touch people and I love to be touched. Right. And I feel, you know, working, you work with people, we can touch them. So you, so you got on this path because of, um, <laughs> from from all of that back then and you were like way ahead of your time then yeah and I just knew I had to keep going um it, 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 again I just am so grateful to be able to have done what I came here to do because it's been rewarding and and yeah we're here I feel like the book is a culmination of my life's work so tell me about the book what um well, I haven't seen any of the chapters on it. You know, I, I don't have a, a copy of it. So I, I really don't know. Oh, sorry, you, I could have sent it to you. Yeah, yeah, but well, you, you can send it to me on a, if you want a PDF or you could send it or whatever, but I don't know what to ask you about it. So what are the chapters? Where does it begin? What are you talking about in there? Are you giving people um, like techniques or are you just talking about other people's stories in there? 
It's mostly uh, people's stories. When I had professorship um, in 2000, that's when I started teaching. And I asked my students, because we had a, an, a form, not a form, but their first assignment was to fill out this questionnaire sort of thing, or, or it was more like a, a chronology of their there's messaging around sexuality and their first, like their first masturbation experience, their first kiss, their first hand holding, their first intercourse, whatever uh, those firsts are that kind of set us down the path to how we, how we are with relationships in um, adulthood. And so that was their first assignment to, to write down their stories. And then I asked them, I said, it, any of you that would be open to me keeping your paper or being able to use it if one day I wrote a book and you know I would of course make it anonymous well over the years over 20 30 years how long I've been doing this um I have I gathered a stack of because Bill Staten and I taught you know Widener LaSalle and uh, wherever we went um running running classes sexuality classes and this was always the first assignment that's where I got it from him so I had this huge stack looking at me and I'm like I have to do this because it's people's stories and I think um, in our therapeutic process if we can see ourselves and other people like I'm not the only one or you know this person got help and they they are okay, or they had a worse history or a worse story than me. I think it, it helps us to, to take ourselves on, uh, to stand for ourselves and not feel so not normal. Right. <laughs> Use the word like, well, other people suffered like I did too. And that's what my message is. I want people to look at that book title and see themselves right away. Am I normal if? Because I think we've all been there. Right. And, and not necessarily for the specific stories that you're telling. Am I normal if it could be for anyone, people right. that just have a uniqueness about them or yeah. pe people that are, you know, a little bit um, outside the circle rather than in the circle, you know, of friends say, and, and like they feel unaccepted or they don't feel like they belong. I mean, so they feel, oh, I'm not normal. It's like a common saying that people say, oh, I'm not normal if I don't agree with everyone. But, and, you know, it goes down to the level of almost politics in a way, you know, in a yeah. sense. And, I mean, and all the way up to the, all the diversities we have now, what the gay lesbian people have gone through, the trans yeah. people, people, and what do we have, LGBTQIA? A, I mean, you know, it, it's opened up this, this conversation about diversity and what our humanity is made up of. I mean, we are all different colors, sizes, shapes, and, and diversity in how we love each other. And, and that's what nature is. You know, no snowflake is the same. The leaves on the trees, the plants, the grasses, you know, it's nature is diverse. And we have been asked to be put in these boxes for to be acceptable. So I think it's really, the timing is good for the book because it is a time where we are bur bursting and busting the, <laughs> these old shoulds um, 
and and evolving and i'm hoping that it's an, an evolution into us being different with each other and being different even with the planet i mean everything you look at is in some kind of trouble because of the way we've done it so and for people to come to more terms with with everything going on you know that to to accept to have that that the bridge that like it's okay it's okay yeah because because am i normal if you know and it's it's um i love the title i mean it's just (laughs) like a really catchy title and i like the the color of the hands that come you know the 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 color the rainbow color of the hands that's uh it's um yeah so it's so so what else are the book a lot of people's stories and what else are there any um how many pages is the book I don't know. They're just now putting it into the size that they want it. You know, it's been on eight and a half by 11. So my ghostwriter has it now at the editors to put it into, I don't know what the size is, nine, okay. by, nine by six or something. And <laughs> this, sure. is, this, this will be available on Amazon and all of those yes, places, right? Amazon, yeah. Barnes Noble and, and all the good, good places. Right. Cause that, they farm it, they farm it out. Now the, um, so, so there's people's stories in there. What else? You have any? Yeah. Um... So the thing that that as you asked me, what else? Um, a couple times, and I'm thinking we really need to look at um, my third theory, which I do have trademarked, um, because I think it is the the core of this work. So thank you for continuing to say what was. So, so what is the core here? You know. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, so I was just on this morning, Anita, I did a Zoom meeting or a Zoom um, filming of one of the first students I had in at Monco in Pottstown. And she was sitting in the, the front row and like sitting on the edge of her seat and right there staring at me the whole time. And she ended up during class and she ended up going to Widener and and is now a sex therapist and she's working with developmentally disabled kids. She took my position with the County of Philadelphia um, to work with DD folks. And also um, she identifies as um, male, uh, born in a female body and has, you know, diversity inside her relationships that she gave her, was able to give herself permission to be who she was out of this work. And so it was fun. I was interviewing her now and she's going to come do some work with us. And she was in this class where it was the early 2000s and the gay question was the big topic. Now everybody's like, are people gay because they, they had absentee fathers or because they want to get attention or they're just, you know, making it up, you know, like all the, those things that we struggled with, like when somebody's not in that normal box and, and these kids were out of high school, right? They're uh, it's community college. And so they, and in a, you know, small coal miners kind of town. And so it was pretty intense. And I, so I walked to the blackboard. Yes, we still had blackboards then. <laughs> and I, I drew the peace sign, I drew a circle with a line down the middle and then the legs out. So you had like thirds. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Sign yeah. Looks. yeah. Um, 
And on one side, because everybody's like, is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it the way they were born? Or is it the way they grew up? Like that's the only two categories that we at that time looked at. Now we understand, you know, um, more about DNA and epigenetics and how alcoholism and, and sexual abuse can be handed down genetically. You know, back then we didn't have this language. Um, so I wrote, okay, here's, here's nature. Here's how you're born. And here's what you get, seven generations of DNA or genetic coding. You have no say over that. Here's the other half of what they look at, nature nurture. So the nurturing is where were you born? Were you born in the Bronx? Or were you born in Hollywood or in the Caribbean or Germany? You know, like you have no say over that, but you get certain um, um, developmental in, in uh, I can't think of the word, in, um, like develop, de developmentally, you don't have much say over how that affects you, where you live. Do your parents get along? Is there, you know, do they fight or are you read stories at night or not read stories? It's your nurturing. Do you have parents you can go talk to or you, you have to make your own dinner and, you know, sit, sit and watch TV on Anyway, all those things that people report to me, this is where I do my intake. I want to know both of these pieces. And so I say, to, and so I say, you don't have any say over that either. Like your nature nurture, you don't have any say over when you get here. But the third piece, the bottom of the peace sign, I named it plain damn you. And it just fell out of me. Like I wrote it. Wow. On the I know, like I said, um, um, yeah, Tiffany was there when it happened. And we were just like, can you believe it? And like I said, I have a trademark now because the plain damn you is who you are, your fingerprints, your uh, gifts to the world, you with you. And so then I drew, I drew lines up um, through from the plain damn you, through the nature nurture up to Maslow's hierarchy of um, self-actualized adult. And right. it just made sense, right? That's what we want. We, we come in with our own gifts, talents, and contribution to the planet. And if we're not doing our, our core, our self-actualization, you know, no wonder we go, we do alcohol, we, we do addictions, we do what we do because we're, we're trying to follow what the nature nurture. Oh, <laughs> right. Are. It, so there's that awesome? thin line between nature and nurture. Yeah, and we don't have any say over. We don't get to say, are we adopted? You know, we don't get to say who we live with or where we live or how we're treated. But then that's what affects us, as we were talking about before, those first five, seven years when you're only downloading information through your senses, the cognition, we don't have cognition on board till like seven years old to make decisions or say, oh, my parents are just crazy. You know, um, I don't have to. Get right. And so it's like life is a box of, life's a box of chocolates, right? You don't know what you're going to get. There you right. go. <laughs> right. And, and it's such a true statement. You really yeah. don't know. You're born into a family of alcoholic parents <laughs> or that give you no attention or, yeah. and you're a little kid. Where are you supposed to go? Exactly. That's why, that's why teenagers run away and things like that. But 
or they, you know, they turn to the streets or they turn to drugs and alcohol because that thin line between nature and nurture, but where's the resiliency, you know? So, yeah. you know, if, if they get that, that sprawn in them, that some kind of, like I call it the Philly sprawn, um, <laughs> you know, the Philly sprawn, like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to fight for myself because, Hey, there I wasn't, is. I wasn't, I was, I was born to have a life and, and, but nobody sees the value of life. They mm-hmm. just like my mom and dad didn't love me. Oh, they treated me bad. The sister or brother got more attention and everybody becomes a victim. So nobody gets nurtured. But where is that? What was that statement you said? The, the person uh, self-actualizing himself? What was that statement? Self-actualized adult. Yeah. Maslow's uh, theory. But what was the that statement you said? The last statement. Um, you just said it. Um, you are yourself or something. Um, you, know, you with you. Yeah. So creating yourself. You. <clears throat> right. That's, that's the next chapter. You with you, it's called. You with where we start. Yeah. Ah, but then with you, with you. Yeah. So how do people go in the world if they haven't had the nurture, but are they able to, to find that strength, you see, and, and, and they're little kids and they're being abused. So where, where is, with the nature is there or how do they get back to the nature? Where's the nurture? So this is what leads them in say, to become a client of you, a client for you later on in life. Right. Right. A client for us. For us. And and Anita, that we're doing the body and the mind. Do you see the this importance is, and the value? I mean, it's and, and, and this they're really split. They're not only split body and mind, they're split on such a level of yeah. like of, of not normal. Right. And that's yeah. your book. Am I normal if? Yeah, that's, and that's how, how you got the title in a sense that they're not normal. <laughs> and my normal if because yeah. they're, they're split so badly in that sense. Yeah. Wow. This is really this. I, I really hope this book makes it to the, you know, to a, a wide audience of people, because I think uh, it, a lot of people can benefit from reading this. A lot of people can identify. And that's why the, the I'm glad you mentioned the cover. That's why it's like one hand reaching down to all the others you know, do I fit in and all the colors of all the diversity? And then we have butterflies around for transformation. So I think people will see themselves in there. I'm hoping. Mm. So now the ideal clients, this was another um, thing here. Did you want to talk about who are my ideal clients or no? Or They're all ideal. Anybody? And because I think we've all struggled with some piece that is, you know, do I fit in? How do I fit in? Is what, what when couples come in with marriages in trouble, I, everybody gets the same, the, the same spiel. Right, <laughs> you know, right. I don't have a template for married people or gay people or trans people. Everybody gets the same work. Because we're all the same. I think we all get the mess. The messages are different, but we all get damaged in some way. And if we don't think we're damaged, there's a problem there too. Cause then, there, you know, there's, I mean, I'm not saying everybody, uh, I shouldn't say that everybody's been damaged, but, and you sometimes don't find out what your, where your uh, uh, broken spots are, if I can say that until you get married or you get into a relationship, you know, then this stuff comes out too. 
Right, because you open up more emotions then, and then they well, start to. Yeah. You're you're called you're called on participating emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. That you weren't. It's not like you were called on before. And that's why you know people say after that first year the honeymoon's over, and because now you've settled into your old stuff. And mm, good thing yeah. I didn't get married. I married enough for both of us. Uh, yeah, right. I'm still on the honeymoon of life. <laughs> there you go. Good for you. My next life, I'm going to do. I hope I'm not coming back. I was. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I got to do what I came here to do. It's like, okay, universe, now I'm not coming back, right? I don't have to, I'm going to go to Venus and play or I'll be somebody's guardian angel, but I am not coming back as a baby and a kid and starting over with this mess. <laughs> so here's another question I have. Why trust you? The longevity? Well, you did you talk about some of this? Uh, sex researchers, Bill Masters, Virginia Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all in there. Right. And- so what, what uh, kind of positive reactions from pe that people have generally from therapy? Are you seeing um, success in, in, in yeah, numbers? Or? There are some great stories in there. I mean, we've been to weddings. We've had babies named after us. Um, it's Wow, interesting. You know, you take a, a, a guy that's in his 20s. He's still living at home and working at a pizza shop and shows up in baggy kind of shorts or pants down to your knees with knee socks up to the knee. <laughs> <laughs> you get my picture there? Yeah. And we take them shopping. We teach them how to buy clothes. We teach them how to go out to dinner. Well, you know this. Right. We transfer. I'm just thinking of this guy in particular here from San Antonio he, he moved out, he got um, accepted at a college and he's doing um, uh, like music recording and in the music world. And his whole life was changed at 26 or 27. So sometimes they need the help and it's a different type of help. And it's not something that they were exposed, you know, had the opportunity with their upbringing and going out into you know, people can go to therapist after therapist and never get really what what it is that and this is unique, what you do. It's because, because Anita, it's like the healthcare system. You know, they have, oh, okay, your liver is in trouble. We're gonna give you these meds or do this offer. You know, there's we don't do individual. And that's what we do with uh, you know, kids raising them, oh, this is good for the kids, you know, do this. And it, you know, they're not looked at as plain damn you. They're just plain you know, damn you. That was it. The statement. <laughs> plain damn you. I, right. Because you're taking away, you're just they're putting everybody in a box, like you said. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's sad, but this, I hope this, this, this book and this, these stories in here, which I'm really excited to read some of them can really um, uh, enlighten people in, and, and, you know, yeah, just to enlighten people in, in, in a way that, um, you know, opens their mind up to whether they experience any of this or not. You know, it's learning something new and, uh, and, and just being there for as part of the collective energy out in the world of something like this. Right. You know, because we, we all, we, it is important to be part of collective energy in anything that we do. 
But uh, again, we have people that are not so open-minded. Well, we're part of the collective energy, whether we want to be or not. It just depends on how we're affecting it or influencing it. Right. How the and how it's affecting or influencing us. So, you know, it's, it goes both ways. But when you take yourself on and it's really loving yourself, saying I am of value, I am of worth, uh, my gifts and my talents are of value and worth. And, you know, a lot of people don't get that, not only in their homes, but in the, you know, you were asking me chapters. Uh, one of the chapters is on religions and what religions can do to steal away your you with you and how it affects. And the second chapter is you with others. So we, we work with you first and get you with you handled. And then we, then the next phase is you with others. But inside of all that is, you know, religion. And again, I say the first, your first attractions, like how'd you get set up? If in first grade, you remember Betty Sue and they, these guys, they all remember the girl's first name. It's hilarious. <laughs> Right? You never forget that first girl. Oh, yeah, Betty Sue. But I went up to her and I said, I like you. And she said, ooh, get away from me. And that did it. First grade, he was disconnected. Women don't like me. Never tried again until he got to my office and whatever age he was at that time. Hmm. And we really needs to be more education on this, huh? Would you say? Uh, some well, we need to not be so fearful. You know what? You know what we go through with people being raised, and they don't even know that their body parts names, right names. You know, okay. So, did you get any any education? Did anybody sit you down with a book? No. Yeah, I'm still getting that at this day and age. I mean, I know in the '50s you didn't. '50s and '60s when we grew up, you, you certainly didn't get it. But today. Nobody sits their kids down or says, you know, I know this is out there and they better know that porn's on the palm of every kid's hand. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, well, it sure is um, a, um, a step ahead here, you know, in, in, in the right direction of, of a book. Maybe it should be, this could be a book in schools, you know, get it to some of the schools for. Well, we've talked about it, making it into a kid's book, but let's see what happens. Well, well not, not exactly a kid's book, but for like maybe teenagers, you know? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> true. Wherever, you know, those early messages get landed. Yeah. And also, you know, the, uh, the Lady Gaga Born This Way Foundation, they're doing a lot of things for mental health. Oh, it's something, yeah, look look up the Born This Way Foundation. They have a whole mental health thing. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and it's in the schools and they have these kids. They wear the t-shirts, I'm a mental health healer, whatever. It's interesting. Uh -huh. She's got the, and, and it, you might want to get her this book just for the heck of it, yeah, you know? I am. You know, because it could be, you know, if these kids with mental health, they're dealing with everything, you know, um, transgender in schools, right? You know, drugs, everything. I mean, about being, and the identity is the big thing, the identity crisis now, you know, and, uh, you know, who they are, what they are. But anyway, this seems like I just kind of get a thing that she would be interested in in this book. Yeah, you know? yeah I have, I have a focus. I want to get it on a TED talk and I, and I'd like to get with Oprah. I think Oprah would. 
be open to it. Yes, yes, our Oprah girl. So maybe yeah. just a little bit more. What are the three most important values? Did you want to say anything about that? Um, or Well, I think we've really been covering covered it. it. Yep, the it, values, the embracing the bodies as the best friend, finding the voice, and walking kindness, forgiveness for ourselves and others. Yeah. And I'm just going by some of your um, questions here, but well, what else do you want to tell me about all this? Anything else that um, before we wrap it up? Where can people find you or where will you be? Will you be on display somewhere with a book? Will you be doing some uh, traveling? I haven't looked at any, um, you know, going out and speaking about it because COVID it's kind of kept everybody closed up if things are opening up. But, Oh no, there's so much available online to get the word out, but we'll see. I would love to do tours. I am looking for somebody. I'm, I have a woman coming down from Pennsylvania who was one of my students actually. Um, uh, when Bill and I were at, when we had the Widener program at our office, you know, we started Widener in our offices until we moved uh, over they had a place for us at the university anyway uh, anita her name's anita too um oh. she's a psychiatrist that came out of india and they wouldn't let her practice her psychiatry here and so she didn't want to study it again and so she went through our she goes oh, i'll go study sexuality so um she ran into bill bill still speaking and she ran into him at a, a a conference of some sort and she asked about me. So anyway, she called me and she's very interested in maybe taking over my seat here as the incoming therapist. In uh, Pennsylvania or? Well, she's in Boston now, oh, but God. it doesn't matter where you live today, you know? Right, right, right. No, I, uh, okay. So, all right. So you're still in touch with her then? No. Yeah. So, well, this after all these years, but she was very thrilled. I've been asking the universe, like, I need somebody to, to replace me. But as we started out saying, you know, it's hard because a lot of it is my method or my intuition or, you know, how do you ask the right question? That's what I say makes a good therapist. When you, you're the one that asks the right questions that, that has them say to you, I've never told anybody else this before. Right. And I sign for every client that has felt safe enough. And I asked the right question to tell me. So it's been a little bit, um, you know, letting go of, but it has to grow beyond me. I mean, it has to, I have to get out there with the book now and send people back to the staff and the team of people that are working with us. And hmm. so that's, yeah, that's the new thing. Maybe have someone replace me with the intakes, but that I get out there and be able to do more. Right, right. Well, this More media. is yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> well, well, I'm so glad we had we had this opportunity to talk yeah. about the book and um, looking forward to seeing it out there. Can so um, can you tell us where people can find you? Uh, we have been you've been listening to Discover Joyous Love. I'm your host Anita De Francesco, and uh, my guest today is Dr. Susan Kay who is the author of Am I Normal If? And she is a sexologist, sex educator, intimacy coach. She's all around the US here, around the world. You can um, please tell us, Dr. K, how 
people can find you or yeah, thank you. Um, that's pretty easy. DrSusanK.com, D-R-S-U-S-A-N-K-A-Y-E.com um, is the site that's just for me. And my dissertations on there, if folks want to read about surrogate partner therapy, it's a tab um, with uh, me and Bill on um, the, the picture. So the dissertation has the basis and the core of this, how I came about working in a triadic model where we have neck up people. I call them neck up or the talk pros and okay. then the neck down people are the touch pros. And oh. inside of the surrogate partner model for Masters and Johnson, we have one of the corners of the triad is um, the therapist or the neck pro, the talk pro neck up pro and then the other triangle is the the touch pro or the the um yeah interesting yeah and it's a good combination it yeah. works it's really yeah. so it's a triad you know it you understand it so um yeah why was i talking about that that yeah so you were um just saying that uh people can um where they can find you and, uh, you know, oh, they can find me. Sorry. yeah, I got off on the dissertation. Yeah. So it explains all this, the how this came about out of my work with masters and Johnson. And so, yeah. And we, I have uh, email, same thing, D-R-S-U-S-A-N-K-A-Y-E at gmail.com. Uh, I have people that run my social media. We have Facebook, IMBT, which is the Institute uh, or integrative mind-body therapies, IMBT um, International, I think, .org. If you Google me, I'll, I'm everywhere. So. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Dr. Susan Kay, for, for this thank lovely, you. lovely, lovely interview today and this time. And um, I will uh, be sure to uh, promote this book because I am just uh, can't wait to read it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Discover Joyous Love, Anita DeFrancesco with Dr. Susan Kay with her book, Am I Normal If? Thank you for tuning in. And that is it for today, folks. Mm -hmm.